And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. We say Happy Mother's Day, but everybody is not happy this morning. When Pastor was singing this morning, praising God, he said, sing a praise sacrifice for someone else. I got heavy in my spirit because I started thinking about everyone that lost a mother in the last couple of years. Those that are sad this morning. This is not a happy day for everybody. This is a person that lost a mother. Some mother even lost their children. So when pastor said, give a sacrifice praise for someone else, I begin to praise God for those that has lost their loved ones. That good night not feeling in that spirit to rise up and even come to church or even rise up to tell God, thank you for another day. Because they can't see in the spirit. So I pray this morning that the word of God, I'm going to go in prayer right now. Father God, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you that you're using me as a vessel this morning. But I ask the Holy Spirit to come and teach this morning. Let me only say what you would have me to do. God, I pray that your word will be edifying this morning. I pray that your word will build someone up this morning, God. I pray, God, for the healing of the mothers that have lost their loved ones. I pray for those that lost the mother, God. I pray, God, that you will heal their minds this morning, God. Heal their spirit this morning and let them realize, Lord, the joy of the Lord is their strength, God, and all their help comes from you, Lord. So I pray this morning for healing this morning, Lord. Restoration this morning, Lord. Deliverance through your word, God, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray for every mother, God. I pray for everyone that is desiring to be a mother this morning, God, that they will hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 When Apostle had told me, Apostle Sharon had told me, I asked me about delivering the word this morning. I didn't have no idea I had to go in prayer because I'm so used to hearing Mother's Day. We build up our mothers and we be thankful for our mothers. Mother's Day is a day that is taking time out to give special thanks to our mothers or those who have impacted our life. They buy or cook us special dinners. They purchase us special gifts. Amen. The men in the house, they send cards. And some of us even put flowers on our deceased one grain. But the greatest gift a mother could give back is a life that glorifies God. There is no explicit definition of a mother in the Bible, but it clearly gives us scriptures about what we should expect of a mother. When we think about mother, the first thing we think about, ladies especially, we think about giving birth, the labor pains we go through. But in the Bible, uh, motherhood is seen as comforting, nurturing, and protecting, and guiding. This morning I come to tell you that all women may not be able to give birth, but all women can be mothers. But all women gave birth are not mothers. So this morning I pray 
the aim of this teaching is for every woman to become a role model mother. And you can find a role model mother in Titus 2. A Titus 2 woman. If we can put that up for me, please, we're going to go through Titus 2. My text is coming from Titus 2, verse 1, 3, 4, and 5. You notice I missed verse 2. And when you see the scripture, we're going to read the word of God, but when we see the scripture, you'll know why. It says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Verse 2. It's talking to the men now, but we're going to read it because it's the word of God. But I'm talking to the women today. So when I'm delivering my message, I'm going to skip over the men. I'm going to leave that up to the men to teach the men. Say the old men be sober, great, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Right. Verse three. I'm talking to the women. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness. Not false accusers, not giving much wine, teach of good things. Mm -hmm. Now, give us a reason why, say they may be, that they may teach young women to be sober. So, giving us a reason why we should live the life that Titus, uh, Paul told Titus to teach. To love their husbands, to love their children. Verse 5, to be discreet, chaste. Keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God might not be blasphemed. Amen for the reading of his word. Now, everybody that heard me teach know I like the amplified version of the Bible. So I'm going to go through this verse by verse with the amplifiers. So, but as for you, teach the things which are in agreement with sound doctrine, which are in agreement, which means produce men and women of good character, whose lifestyles identify a true Christian. That's what Paul was telling Titus that the women need to teach. Now, I don't want anybody to get confused. It wasn't that Titus could not teach the women. But the man of God is called to teach the word to everybody. But I believe Paul was talking about when we had our little women's meeting, uh, our little small group meetings, our women's gathering, is evidence that we need teaching. So that's what the women need to be teaching the women in the church. Amen. And then it says to teach reverence in their behavior. How a woman carries herself. That's what Paul said in the old, old women should be teaching the younger women. How they carry themselves. One commentary says, and I quote it, he used reverence as an adjective. Said basically meaning suitable for a sacred office. That's the way a woman should carry herself. And conveys the image of a good priestess. Carrying out the duties of her office. So that means we have a calling. We have an office. So our behavior should fit that office. And said so that the conduct of the older woman must reveal that they regard life as a sacred in all its aspects. 
in the house, in the job, in the church. But he was teaching the women in the church. Because the women in the church should be teaching the women. The older women in the church should be teaching the younger women. Our children should be taught by the women in the church. The street should be teaching our children how to dress, how to behave. The older women in the church has been called to do that. Amen. Then verse 2 says, let me go back to my amplified. It says, the older women, similar are the reverence in their behavior, malicious gossip. No addicted to wine, teaching that what is good. Okay? As older women in the church, we should not be gossiping. Slander, some call it. Slander is when you're lying, false. Gossip is when you're spreading the truth, but you're spreading it for the wrong reason. It said the same word used for slanders are the same word used for devils. So if you gossip in slander, you're doing the devil's work. Say slander is lying. Satan is the father of all lies. And during my study, I saw that slanders was part of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not. It's the knife. Thank you. Shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Your sister and brothers in Christ. Mm -hmm. So if you, this is a day, you know, this is my favorite script. The word comes to reprove, correct, and, and train us in righteousness. So, but according to, it said not to drink much wine. Somebody might say, well, I can drink a little bit. Ephesians tell us to be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit because Proverbs tell us that wine is a mockery. A strong drink, a brawler, and it will lead you astray. And I can testify that because I've been led astray by alcohol. A backslider. But when you are sober and filled with the spirit, your mind is clear. You can hear from the Lord. You can resist the devil and he will flee from you when you feel with the spirit. Then it said, teach them of good things. Titus, he wanted Titus to tell the women to teach from their wisdom and experience to help the young women grow spiritually and becoming like Christ. And becoming a healthy believer. You know, there are some sick believers, and I'm not talking about physical, I'm talking about mentally. Been broken. Amen. So he said, and to teach them to love their husband is evidence that we need to be taught how to love our husband and taught how to love our children. You know, uh, we, growing up, we would say, I love you with tough love. What is tough love? Tender loving, the Bible talks about. It's sad that we are born, now we are born with an aspect of love because Jesus is love. You get the Holy Spirit, you have some love. But we have to say, I can love you at a distance. What is that? <laughs> We're supposed to love. 1 
encouraged. Look at the Bible. God, when I'm, when I'm studying, it, it does something for me. God has everything in order. Love your husband, then love your children. Not love your children, then love your husband. See, sometimes we have it out of order. That's when our house is out of order. Because we have it out of order. See, we have to be taught as women not to be selfish. Because as a woman, we look at what a man can do for us. But we got to think about when God created us, what did he create us for? To help the man. Mm-hmm. Also, praise God, the young women must be taught to be discreet. Chaste. Skills of homemakers. We got some of us now don't want to be a homemaker. We forget about what we are called to do. Wives, mothers, homemakers. To the husband is another way of expressing a wife duty or submission. We don't like the word submission. Be submission to our husband. And that's a whole nother uh, message. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22. If you want to go down your own time. Colossians verse chapter 3 verse 18. Says important for the older woman to teach these things to the younger woman. So that they will live a godly lifestyle. They will bring honor and they will glorify God through their lifestyle based on what you do as well as what you say. You can't say one thing and do another one. Teaching is demonstration. First, I heard a pastor say, I can't hear what you're saying because I see what you do. So you got to be that example. Like Jesus was our example. You know, early I said that every woman has the potential to learn to mature to be a a mother. See, the Bible recognized several mothers that gave, made this world or that world at that time a better place. And it's still making this world a better place. And we would take that example because that's what the Bible is. It teaches us. It's not a history book. We're supposed to take what is written in the book and take it and apply it to your life. So this morning, I'm going to talk about four different types of mothers. And I pray to God that this bless. And everybody have heard of the mothers that I'm going to talk about. I won't be with you long this morning. I told pastor, uh, sometimes pastors say, I don't have a happy, but I'm not here to make anybody happy. I only want to please God. I'm here to deliver his word, hoping it'll do for you what it did for me. The first mother I'm going to talk about is an actual mother. Those mothers who are currently mothers, physically and mentally. Remember I said every woman that bear child is not a mother. So if you physically and emotionally attached to your child, then you're a mother. And I'm going to give Mary, who gave birth to our Savior, our Redeemer, the bread of life, the Lord, the creator of all, 
the son of the living God, the only begotten son, the king of king, the almighty God. And they sung it this morning, the Alpha and Omega. We can go on. When we say emotionally and and physically attached, can you imagine Mary standing off afar, seeing her son on the cross? Can you imagine that physical and that emotional pain that Mary went through? But just think about Mary now. An angel came and told Mary what was going to happen to her. Mary had never even been with a man. But an angel came and told her that she was highly favored. The Lord was with her. She was blessed. You know Mary's story. But what got me in this particular message is, look what all Mary was going to go through. And the angel told her that she was blessed. That the Lord was with her. So I come to tell the mothers today, no matter what you're going through, you are highly favored. You are blessed by the Lord and the Lord is with you. When you are physically and emotional attached to your children, then you can go to God using his word, expecting a change. Amen. And Listen to what Mary said, though. And I said that because after the angel left, before, right before the angel left, when Mary said, how could that be? I haven't even ever been with a man. Said, but the, after he finished talking, he said, she said, she told the angel, behold, the handmaid, the servant of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Mothers, we got to be obedient to the word of God. That is the answer to all our problems is being obedient to the Lord. Now, secondly, I'm going to talk about an aspiring mother. Those women who desire to be a mother. But have not given childbirth. For whatever reason. But I'm going to give you a perfect example. And if you want a child, they say God have no respect or place. Persons. I'm going to talk about Hannah. Hannah was an expiring mother. You can read about Hannah in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1. The Bible tells us out of her bitterness and anguish, she prayed to the Lord. She made a vow to the Lord. First, she promised her son to work for the Lord. She said, I will give him to the Lord all days of my life. Hannah gave birth to Samuel. First Samuel verse 1 and 20 tells us, Wherefore it came to pass, when the time had come after Hannah had conceived, that she bared a son and called his name Samuel. Because I have asked him of the Lord. Samuel means ask the God. Pastor teach all the time, names mean something. So can you imagine? Now, you know, sometimes men can be a little insensitive. Because Hannah's husband told her, am I not better than 10 sons? Remember Rachel and Leah? I can't, woman, I can't give you no child. You know, I'm doing what I need to do. (laughs) You know, sometimes men can be, but they mean good. They mean well. But Hannah did the right thing. 
she went to the Lord. And the Bible said she went bitter in her bitterness and anguish. You know, sometimes I have heard women that desire true. We look at other women that we feel not able to take care of, not responsible. And we talk about the other women that are bearing children that we can't bear and we think we're in a better position. Anna, Hannah went to the Lord. She went to the Lord. And I was talking to my pastor. He gave me another point. Not only we had to celebrate others. When we see others having babies or desire, if you desire a baby, then you celebrate the one that's pregnant. And next, there's a third mother type of mother. They're the mothers that are adopted mothers. Those women who are mothers to children, not of their own, meaning that they didn't birth them. They, I was asking God, who is that in the Bible? That was mother to someone she didn't birth. God gave me Esther. I went to the book of Esther. They said she was a woman who saved a nation. So mothers, adoptive mothers have the influence to save lives. The Bible says Esther was beautiful. She was an offering. She was an adopted child that saved the nation. Her uncle, Mordecai, no, Esther is adopted by the daughter of her cousin, Mordecai. The Bible said Mordecai took her as his own daughter when her mother and father died. It said Esther was God-fearing, but she was living in a pagan court. She kept her nationality and her background a secret, just as her stepfather had told her, Malachi. So she was obedient. So a stepmother can train a child up in the way they should go. And like Pastor said today, this morning, when he heard his mother, the training is there. Even when the mothers leave, the training is there. <laughs> and not only that, because of her obedience, we think, we look at it in the natural eye, she was pretty, that's why she was uh, chose as a queen. But it was in God's plan. Because of her obedience, she was able to save the nation. She found out that Haman was going to kill all the Jews. She was Jewish. And her cousin was at the gate. He sent word. So, you know, in the natural, how am I supposed to save? I can't go to the king. You have to be invited to come to the king. But I laughed when I was reading this to myself. Hannah could have approached, Esther could have approached the king and died herself. But instead, she made a request to the king. Could I prepare dinner, a banquet for you in Haman? I heard all my life, a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> amen, amen. And that worked. Because she prepared the meal, the banquet, and she invited the enemy right there. She just didn't do the banquet for the king, but she invited the one who put out the decree to kill all the Jews. But my God, 
But look what Esther said to the king after they done ate this big fabulous meal. If it pleases the king, she said, if he regards me with favor or think it is the right thing to do, and if he pleased me, let an order be overruled what Hannah had wrote to destroy the Jews. A meal. Women start cooking. <laughs> A meal. Let's say, God people today, God people still celebrate, the Jewish still celebrate Esther for what she did. But let's not forget our stepmoms and our, fa our foster mom and our god moms. They're called bonus mothers. A bonus mother, sometime in my life, I laughed at this one too because I have several children. And everybody know Dominique, but I have sons and daughters that like have adopted me. But we didn't go through no court, but they still is considered my children. So that's a bonus mother. Now when I was saying, God, who is a bonus mother in the Bible? And this probably shocked you like it did me. God told me Pharaoh's daughter was a bonus mother. She miraculously saved Moses' life. Now, his birth mother loved him so much she was willing to take a chance to keep him from being killed, to let him go down a stream of water, to not never see him again. But at the right time, this was God playing Pharaoh's daughter, knowing her, her daddy was doing, still took this baby. Knowing that her daddy had ordered for all the firstborns to be killed, all the sons. But knowing that she still saved this child. Yes. And she was rewarded for it. Yes. Unintentionally not knowing that she was going to be a part of the redemption for Israel. Yes. In the book of Chronicles, I learned that she was rewarded with a new name. Help me, Pastor. Bethiah. Yes. yes. And that name means a daughter of God. Yes. See, she, her daddy was wicked. But she did not take on her daddy's wicked ways. So each and every mother here took a part in a child's life. And God blessed them because of their role, a role model for a child. That's what a mother is. When you can set a, a lifestyle that somebody can write a book. You don't have to write your own book about how great you are. Somebody else can tell your story of how great you been, how great mother you been, how great foster step. You don't have to write your own book. What I did, what I did. Someone else write your story for you. Mm -hmm. It says, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about two other mothers, but two other women's in the Bible. I'm not going to go through what I heard, what I read, because I ain't never heard my pastor teach it, so I'm not going to teach it. Uh, Mary Magdalene so we can't let our she was a woman in the Bible three other she was a woman in the Bible we can't let our past dictate our future because she was named as a prostitute cast out seven demons out of her but she was the first to see the, the risen king 
she was the first one that was ordered to go and do something. The first woman, the first person. Women, we're supposed to be doing something. We were called to do something. Now, some scholars believe she was married, but like I say, and had children. But I ain't never heard my pastor teach it, so I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> now, the next two women's in the Bible is Mary and Martha. So it said, Mary, who sat at the feet of Jesus. I believe Mary was preparing also. I believe she was a parent, but when Jesus came, it was time to stop, to take some time to learn to hear of the word, to hear the word of God. My dad's Martha. We, we talk about Martha. The Bible tells us that Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Can you imagine that she wanted everything to be perfect, house clean, perfect meal prepared, a special meal? Just like we do when we invite somebody to our house. We want everything clean. We might not be done dust in a month. But when we got coming to coming, we're going to clean. We're going to cook. We're going to make sure. We not only we're going to be yelling at everybody else, giving everybody the Lord to do this, do that, do that. Getting ready for our guests. So now you can imagine how Martha felt when she had welcomed Jesus into her house. But the thing about Martha, she got extracted too much in serving, like we do at times. Get extracted, distracted in our everyday living. Our husband, our children, our work, our dogs, our social media, our television, our telephone. And we forget to sit at the feet of Jesus like Mary. We need to spend time in the word, fasting and praying, because that is what Esther did. She went on a three-day fast, and look what God did. So it wasn't so much that Martha was busy, is that she didn't take the time to do the one thing that was needed the most, and that's spending time with God. I have caught myself, well, I got to do this, do this, and then I miss my time in reading when I'm supposed to be reading and studying the word of God. So we as women have to be careful of getting so busy with our everyday life that we do not spend time in the word of God. Now, now today, I'm going to end this message. I told you I wasn't going to be long with a very familiar story, a true role model. Everybody is familiar with Naomi, the story of Ruth. Now this story, for those of you that are not familiar that might be listening through media, is found in the book of Ruth. Ruth was married and had two sons. Her husband died. Ten years later, both of her sons died. Her sons were married to two women from another country, Moed. First of all, according to the word of God, the Moabites was enemies to the Israelites. So that's the first thing went wrong. 
But after her husband died, Naomi decided that she was going back to her home, Bethlehem. But she urged and pleaded with her daughter-in-laws to stay with their families. That's what most of us would do. You know, you got security here. I don't know what I'm going back to. It's evident that she loved them. It's evidence that they had a special relationship. Because the Bible said that they pleaded to go with her. And it went so much that she said that, why are you going to follow me? I have no more babies in my womb to, for you to marry. Because, see, in the Bible, during that time, if a woman was married to one brother, if that brother died, she married the next brother. And the next brother. And the next brother. But Naomi was saying, I don't have no more babies. So she wanted them to stay in their country and marry again. She even prayed. This was her prayer. Look how Naomi prayed. A lot of times when we this day, our husbands, their wife, their husband died. The in-laws think they shouldn't be married no more. It's like they married beyond death, not until death, but beyond death. <laughs> but Mary said, I mean, Naomi said, she prayed, she blessed and prayed that they would remarry. This is what she prayed. She said, the Lord deal kindly with you. The Lord grants you that you may find rest each in the house of your husband. So they're telling them we're supposed to have rest and peace in our home, married couples. Amen. And then the Bible all said, Naomi kissed them. But when she kissed them, the Bible said, they lifted their voices up and wept. They just tears didn't run down. They lifted their voices up and wept. So we can see the love. We can see the relationship, the attachment. Naomi had to be a role model for these women to follow her to a strange land and they had security right where they were. So Naomi had to have lived a life that glorifies God. And I can say that because the Moabites, they didn't worship God. They had their own gods, their Moabite gods. But she was willing to follow Naomi back to Bethlehem. Now Oprah decided to stay. But Ruth said, listen to what Ruth said. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. So she gonna lay down her gods. I said gods. And worship and serve the true and only living God. Only because Naomi was a role model. Not a birth mother. A mother-in-law. Ten years now. After the sons died. They stuck with the mother-in-law. And she said. Where you die. I will die. And there I will be buried. So don't even return me back to over there to those gods. I don't even want to go back to where I came from. Mm -hmm. So Ruth was willing to give up her whole family for God. Because 
of her dedication and her love that Naomi had shown them for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But look how God rewarded Ruth for being devoted to Naomi. Her loyalty. She married Boaz. And our women always tell me, we will wear our Boaz. She married a husband. But look what this husband did. She gave birth to a son. That son name was Obed. The grandfather of David. Look at the lineage there. Because of loyalty. Devoted to. Because of Naomi. A role model. Now see we have to remember too. That Naomi life was no easy life. You know Naomi even blamed herself. For what she was going through. Because of her obedience. Now it could have been. That because husband do this. They left. Bethlehem because of her because of the family she might have been the one encouraged them let's get out of here because you know from from the beginning women have led men to do the wrong thing if we go back all the way back to Adam and Eve so she could have been that or she could have been the reason her sons married the Moabites women but regardless of that she still honored and loved the Lord so we are not perfect mothers, but we do have a responsibility and have been called to honor, love the Lord, and glorify him with our life. So we should live a life so that people will see our love, our love with our children, our love with our husbands, our love with our sisters and brothers, our commitment to God, our relationship with God. It should be so obvious that somebody want to follow you. It should be so obvious that somebody want to get to know the God you serve. Somebody that don't believe like you do. Your life should amplify God so much that they will at least want to get to know him. So, in the book of this role model, Naomi, she teaches, it's the book of Ruth. That's why I get somebody else write your story. We always teach the book of Ruth, but the story is really about Naomi. The story is about how Naomi influenced Ruth's life that Ruth will want to follow her and be with her. So what we can take from Naomi, there's hope even when there's the most devastating time in our life. So can you imagine losing your husband and your two children? So I say that and God just gave me this right now to the mothers that lost their husband and their children during this COVID time. There is still hope in this devastating time that you might think in your life. See, our past is not our final destination when we trust in God. And doing the right thing often, almost, always takes sacrifice. See, Ruth sacrificed a good living, knowing she was stable where she was because they had been there 10 years 
to sacrifice to go somewhere that she didn't even know. She didn't even know she was going to be accepted. She didn't know how she was going to be treated. Mm -hmm. But sharing openly about your relationship with God will bring intimacy with relationship. Sister Jan and I. She been in the church three years now, four years now. Within the last several months, we have become intimate with each other. I said yesterday, we called to talk about one thing and we be on the phone three hours talking about God. So when you share, she's sharing her pain. She's sharing what she's been through, but she also sharing her deliverance, what God done brought her from and what she did to get there. Prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. We see in this lesson that Boaz, you can see God redeeming spirit all through the Bible. But Boaz redeemed Ruth. She was in his fields gleaming. But look at, oh, this ain't in my nose, y'all. But look at the instructions Naomi gave her to get Ruth. I meant to get Boaz. Look at the instructions that Naomi gave Ruth to get Boaz. Now think about it. Go lay on his feet. Obedience. A role mother, mother give instructions. Good instructions. Mm -hmm. And when we listen at the book of Ruth and Naomi, we must be a people of character. We got to live a life of character and integrity when we think nobody is living. Or looking at us. Looking at us. So it's easy to come up and hear all polished. But what are you doing outside the church doors? Because what we learn and hear supposed to be an example when we walk out that door. What we learn, we suppose become doors. So we shouldn't be holy on Sunday. But we should be holy all the time. All the time. We're supposed to represent and glorify God everywhere we go. Nobody should even have, we shouldn't, nobody should even have to ask, are you a Christian or think, are you a Christian? They should be able to look at your life before you say a word and know that you know the Lord. Because God is waiting on people like me and you for his purpose. His purpose to save the lost, what he came for. And that's what we're supposed to do. So talking to the mothers today, I pray that this word will encourage us to evaluate our life and see if we that role model like Naomi was. Will someone follow us? Or has anyone ever followed us? Amen. And I'm talking about just mothers that gave birth. Because sometimes we miss the mark. But it's never too late. Sometimes we didn't raise our kids to set the example. I know in my days, you do what I say, not as I do. But that's not scripture. That's not scripture. 
we're supposed to be doers of the word, then our children will be examples of the word. And we're supposed to correct our children, train them up, but we train them up through action in our lifestyle. God bless you. I pray that those that have lost loved ones, whether it's mothers or children, that this message will give you hope. I know God is a healer. I pray that the Holy Spirit will comfort you during this time and know that there is hope during devastating time and know that God loves us and he comforts us through his all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.